Welcome to New Destiny Christian Center's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Teresa Verdecchio. If you want to find more information about our ministry, please visit us online at www.newdestinychristiancenter.com. But as the Lord showed this to me, I heard, I heard a preacher say one thing, and it was kind of like he just totally like brought all this understanding together. And I wanted to share it with you because I know that it really helped me in, in some things. And I, we know that when we're born again, we accept Jesus as our Savior. He becomes our Lord. And another way to say that, he becomes our sovereign. See, Jesus is a king. He rules and reigns. He has no rival. He has no equal. None can stand against him. There isn't anyone that ever intimidates Jesus. Death couldn't intimidate him. He was hanging out in hell for three days, knowing the whole time he would win. All right, this Jesus we serve is not what society paints as this passive, peace-loving, anything goes. No, he's the king of kings and lord of lords. He's sovereign king. He rules and reigns supreme. He's holy. He's righteous. He's full of justice, equity, and truth. He is not intimidated. He doesn't back up for anything. In fact, when Jesus shows up, everything bows. Nothing can remain the same. Now, when we're born again, we, we accept Jesus. We, we are in, born into the family of God. We are also born into a kingdom. Now, the kingdom of God is a place, and when we die in Christ, we shall go. So when we die, we go to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a place, but while we live here on this earth, there's a king with the kingdom, and the kingdom of heaven has principles by which we must learn and live so we can get things done in the natural because we tap the realm of the spirit. Does that make sense? And there's two ways that we receive the kingdom. It's either through identity or authority. And there's two ways by which we enter in, and that's through identity and authority. And identity can be seen as a child. And authority, we know that Jesus gave us all power and authority in his name. He deputized us and authorized us to use his power in the earth. And we understand this because it gave us an aggressive uh, response with that authority, and that is faith, and that is the kingdom suffering violence. I will give you some scripture for this so we can anchor these truths to the word. Mark 10, 15, out of the ESVs, uh, reads this way. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter in. So it's important that we understand as believers in Christ, we must enter in and receive the kingdom as a child. And this speaks of identity. When you think about a child, a child is laced with humility, totally dependent and reliant upon their parents, caregiver. They, they, they have innocence about them. They'll believe anything you tell them. Why do you think there's an agenda right now? Even in D.C., they're announcing that they're trying to, to, uh, to create schools and, and whole schools that, that will cater to a certain agenda. I had a friend that was there yesterday, and she was on the ground grad, grabbing footage for Deborah's voice. The reason Deborah's voice is raising up is because we're saying, no, that's not my voice. I am not of an antichrist, Jezebelic spirit that is trying to take over the earth that preaches abortion, sexual perversion, and all kinds of things. Amen? 
But we are a voice that says, awake, arise, and advance, not just women, but men in this culture as born-again people pushing against the tide of society. Why? Because they know that this ship already sailed. They're after the youth. They're after the young. They want to educate and warp their minds with untruths and deception. So it's time as a church that we wake up and that we understand that there are certain ways to get things done in the kingdom, and we've got to kind of know what we're operating in. But as children, this speaks of identity. And I I taught on Wednesday night about identity. That would be a good thing to go back on Facebook Live and watch that if you can because it will bless and benefit you. But as children, there's humility, innocence, dependence, and they're very forgiving. That's why a child will do absolutely nothing but love a parent that abuses Because they're so vulnerable, they have no choice in it. All they know is everything within them cries. But I still love you, Daddy. I still love you, Mommy. They are the most vulnerable, precious, forgiving, trusting children. And that's why they can receive even from an angry, hateful hand. Even harsh words. And Jesus was so protective of children that in Matthew 19, 13, and 15, when the children were brought to him, that he might lay hands on them and pray. And you have to understand the ancient Middle East, women and children were like property. And it's uh, some parts that are they're still like that today. And so Jesus comes in, and he is always counterculture. He bestows honor upon women and puts dignity upon children. And when they came to him to try to have their hands laid upon him, the disciples rebuked him in verse 13. But in verse 14, Jesus said, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them. I said in the first service, he, he didn't say, and worship them. The Holy Spirit's supposed to hover over your children. The Holy Spirit's the hover, not you as the mother. All right, guard them and guide them and protect them. Teach them the fear and admonition of the Lord. But you need to understand, you might be raising an apostle, a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, an evangelist. And if you don't cut the apron strings, you'll make them feel guilty when they're trying to obey the call of God in their life to go to the nations. But I don't want them to die a martyr. Who said they would, for one, negative Nancy? I need to change that name because my, my associate pastor is not negative Nancy, amen? That's Pastor Nancy, and she believes any crazy thing that we say, hey, we're doing this, all right? So negative Nelly, all right? Let's just say. <laughs> but even if they, that was their calling, God would get them through that because from the foundation of the earth, they had a call. And so I encourage you to have the heart of Jesus. What did he do? He laid hands on them. He rebuked the people that were trying to hinder them from a walk. That's why our example as parents is so important. He said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them, and they went away. So we have this dynamic that as born-again believers, he is basically telling us, hey, make sure you realize, first you're my kid you got to understand that as my kid, there's identity involved in being my child. If you will come and if you'll be with your father, then I will validate you. I will begin to speak to those areas of identity. I will address and heal the wounds in the secret place where you're soaking in my presence because those wounds drive you. Those wounds will make you want to be successful because you don't feel like a success. Rather than prospering from a place of, of wholeness, you prosper to prove your identity or, or you feel your 
you're not prosperous or you have no purpose or, or if you're broken inside, you'll believe everything some guy tells you. They can tell you you're beautiful and they don't want, they, they don't, they're not interested in a lifetime, in a commitment. It's because out of a broken place, when you don't know your identity and who you are in Christ, there is no confidence upon which to stand. The place of a child with the father is the most precious place because that's where you're loved, that's where you're affirmed, and you don't have to chase the compliments and the accolades and the attaboys from everybody because you realize people are superficial. People could tell me today, oh, Pastor Teresa, you preach a great word. But when the prophetic gift touches their little issue, Pastor Teresa just thinks, it's fickle. You might like me today and say, crucify me tomorrow. God didn't mean that. Now I like you. And all I can do is forgive. This will set you free. I just, I hear this. Children forgive the unforgivable. He wants us to be as a child. If anyone's in here with unforgiveness, let me help you. You'll get set free if you can get this in the foundation of your life. As Christians, we live with a blanket pardon. We are never allowed to be unforgiving. It's not fair. You don't know what they did to me. (laughs) He does. And he said, if you want to be forgiven by father, you must forgive. Release it. Drop it. Let it go. Be as his child. Kids get in a fight and they're playing. Ten minutes later, the moms find out about it and it's a war for a century. I don't like you anyway. And your kid's ugly. And it starts, and the kids are like, oh, we can't play together. Because our moms are living out of their wound and not identity. Is this helping anybody? It gets better. Hang on. Only sitting with the father and understanding your identity as his child will give you the grace to mature and become a son and daughter. And so this is one of the ways we receive the kingdom. The second way is the authority. And I'm going to flow in and out of this this afternoon to show you the duality of the kingdom and how you can learn to exist and flow with it. Matthew eleven twelve says that from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. I find it interesting around the theme of redemption, the birth of the Savior. As we know, there was a 400-year period of silence from Malachi to Matthew. And then we see the heavens open and the angel of the Lord comes down and he, and he talks to Mary, he talks to Joseph. He sets everything up because the plan of redemption set in motion in Genesis 3, technically before the foundation of the earth, he causes there to be an announcement. He breaks silence because Sometimes the love of God is so loud. His silence is so loud and so deafening. But all of a sudden, he broke that silence with this announcement. Here comes the redemption. And it was all around violence because the kingdom of heaven came. The beginning and the advancement of the kingdom, John the Baptist, as the forerunner, begins to announce the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. Now, if you're a pacifist in here, if you hate the idea of war, I hate to bum you out, but when you got born again, you were enlisted in an epic battle. If you're ever going to have true peace in your life, there has to be a time of war. Right now, even in New Destiny, in the corporate body, it feels very peaceful, right? Would you agree? Some of you are like, if I had some bread and meat, yes. Even on your fast, would you not agree that this, you know, it's kind of like, great. Pastor, even received that word from the Lord that this shall be a year for you of, of peaceful reaping. Well, I'm excited because what's on the head comes down, amen? 
And so my word for this year was anticipation. I keep hearing anticipation. So I anticipate a year of peaceful reaping. It doesn't mean in that year that there will not be battles, there will not be skirmishes, but I know that we win because that is what the word of the Lord said. And so I posture myself to receive that. See, there's no such thing as passivity in the kingdom even when you're sitting in the Father's presence as a child because you're aggressively receiving his love. You're aggressively receiving identity. You're aggressively receiving his affirmation and his truth of what the Bible says about you. All right, I've got to say this. You know how we quote Romans 12 too all the time? And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do you know why a lot of people don't have a renewed mind, even though they quote that word? They forget Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable act of service. Until he gets the body, he's never going to get your mind. That's free. You can have that. But if you do want to give for that red envelope, it goes toward the principal. I'm just kidding. I was in a church one time. I was preaching. Somebody ran up and threw a $20 bill on the altar. I'm like, what in the world? Why don't the ushers stop them? What is going on? Then they told me that something about the anointing, and they agreed with it, and that was their act of faith. But I'm like, okay, I get it. All right. I've seen all kinds of stuff. I've seen all kinds of stuff. But see, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force, but violence takes a warrior. I just don't believe in that. You be a target. Let somebody try to grab your kid or your grandkid. Go ahead. I don't believe in violence. The skinniest little 100-pound woman in here. There would be a homicide and a cleanup on aisle three. Don't tell me you don't believe in violence. Let somebody touch what you're passionate about. Let somebody threaten what's yours. Oh, you'll find a fight. You'll find a fight. Even if you're born a lover, you'll find a fight. (laughs) See, the violence takes a warrior. Faith is violent because you're literally going into the realm of the spirit and you're facing demons and you're facing uh, principalities, territorial things, and you're ripping it out violently by faith and saying, that is mine. It was bought by the blood of Jesus and I'm going to have everything that's mine and you are not going to take it from me. Thank you for listening to this message by Pastor Teresa Verdecchio of New Destiny Christian Center. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us online at www.newdestinychristiancenter.com.